Well, it's good to get together again for APD, Ask Pastor Don. Here's the question that came in. Pastor Don, I'm constantly struggling with the issue of what it means to have saving faith. I know many people who profess faith and don't live any differently from non-believers. I'm not judging them. I'm simply confused about my own faith. I don't want it to be all talk. Does the Bible address this subject? Can you help me understand what biblical faith looks like? It's that last part of the question. Can you help me understand what biblical faith looks like? First, just to encourage the questioner, uh, I think the fact that you have that concern is a very good sign of the Holy Spirit's work in your heart. It's not a sign of lack of faith. But I do think there are passages in the Bible that will help us to uh, more accurately look into our own heart. I don't mean some kind of morbid introspection. I mean examining yourself like Paul talks about. Looking at the inner life. Not, not The issue isn't for despair or condemnation, but uh, deeper confidence, assurance, understanding of how faith works and what it looks like when it gets expressed in our lives. There's lots of passages. Here's the one I chose. Just one passage, and I have four thoughts from it. Hebrews 11, 7 to 12. It reads like this. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world. That's an interesting phrase. By this he condemned the world and became an heir to the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, so it was Noah, now Abraham, verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he, that's Abraham, was looking forward to the city that has foundations. Wasn't just looking to the promised land. He was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. So Noah, Abraham, now Sarah, verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. So, here's some examples of, of faith. Four examples from three people. So first, Noah believes God's warning and he builds an ark for the saving of his household. Second, Abraham believes God leaves the security of his homeland from a destination he can't even see yet. And then third, also from Abraham, he believes God and he lives like a nomad in tents 
instead of a secure, established city, refusing to put down any roots until he enters God's full promise. Fourth, Sarah, it says, believes God and trusts eventually that she will conceive, though she's way past the age of having children. Here's what I want to see, four lessons about genuine biblical faith. One, genuine faith always begins with a promised work of God. You take all of those situations and countless others in the scriptures, but let's just work with that text. God speaks. He promises he's going to do something. But that something is still in the future. So faith bets everything that God will, in fact, do what he said he would do. That's what faith is. That's what makes faith necessary. The future orientation. God says he will do something, but initially, that's, that's all you have. The promise. You don't see the full fulfillment of all the details of that promise yet. Now, that has to be taken in balance. I mean, true, we do look back to the past. We anchor our faith on the incarnation of Jesus, his death on the cross. We look at his resurrection from the dead. God has made sure that our faith in all that Christ promises to do for us, God makes sure that that's not groundless faith but we still inhabit these bodies of decay and corruption. We still live in a fallen world. We still await a rule and a reign of our ascended Lord in visible power and majesty that we don't see yet. We have the promise, but we don't have all the fulfillment. Our salvation isn't totally fulfilled and completed in that sense of resurrected bodies and a new creation. You have the promise. Faith bets on it. Faith banks on it. You can see it in the text, right? Noah has a promise of a coming flood, but he's in the middle of a pretty dry land and in a drought to boot when you read the account. Abraham has the promise of a land, but when he leaves his homeland, that's all he has, a promise of another place. Sarah has to let the weight of faith sort of counteract her own awareness of her old age and her barrenness. That's what faith does. It orients itself around the promise of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith starts by giving weight to God's word over the limits of present sight and circumstance. That's the beginning point of faith. Two. Faith always makes a radical inward, that's the word I want to stress, a radical inward response embracing what God has promised to do. So, so point one is just the awareness of the promise. What I'm talking about in point two is different. Faith sort of, it's, it sets a fire in the heart, in the mind. It's, it's mental understanding to be sure, but it's more. Faith, even saving faith, it, it isn't a matter of just copying someone else's beliefs. It isn't just a matter of being raised in a Christian home. It isn't just a matter of trying to mimic the faith of someone else you see. No, the conviction of faith becomes personal, deep-seated, 
committed. So, so in the language of the New Testament, faith hopes in what the word of God says. I would say you can see it in our text. Uh, verse 7, by faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. In reverent fear. So that he's moved in this. He's, he's in. He, he buys in. He's committed. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. I love that phrase. Noah didn't just build that ark the way a construction firm slaps up a restaurant or a Costco. It says, in reverent fear. That describes Noah's heart. Not terror. Fear in, I don't ever want to be careless in this. I want to keep my mind on what God has said. I don't want to be distracted. That kind of fear. Reverent fear. Noah trembled before the awesomeness of God's promise. Moses, uh, Moses, Noah. Noah held everything else lightly compared to the way he held God's promise. Maybe that's it. Noah held everything else about his life lightly in comparison to the way he reverently feared the Lord in the promise God gave. You can see it in Abraham as well. It's in the last part of verse 8. This idea of an inward response. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. I like that. Here's, here's what was going on inside of Abraham. Confusion. And I want to say, Abraham, you're, you're my kind of guy. We need this reminder because faith almost never knows all the details when God speaks. You're not told everything. That's on purpose. If you were told everything, you don't need faith. You can't see how this can possibly work. You feel the inward tension of your circumstances and the promise of God. You don't, you don't know everything. We're meant to learn that faith doesn't reveal itself by having every question answered. I think that's important. Actually, here's something else. Still on this idea of an inward response. Verses 9 and 10, they, they say something else about Abraham's faith. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land. The land of promise as in a foreign land. Living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Look again at that verse 9. Abraham spent his days as in a foreign land, quote, living in tents. Why? Because he was looking, quote, he was looking forward to the city that has foundations. So this is the mindset of genuine saving faith. It, it's future-oriented. It doesn't focus primarily on the cost the sacrifice, the difficulty. You see this even in Sarah, same idea. Verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, 
even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Now, of course, the, the miracle of her conception was a miracle from the outside. God did something miraculous for her physically. But her attitude now was an inward response of faith. She considered him, that's God. She considered him faithful who had promised, verse 11. So faith is modeled by Sarah in the way she rivets her attention more on what God has said than on the limits of her own physical condition. That's the important part. Faith always has to come to terms with with personal limitations. Saving faith. We we can feel so unredeemable at times. Our own conscience can condemn us at times. We can look at our past. We can see things piling up. I don't know what your life is like. You can look at your life and think, how, how in the world can God do anything with a life like this? And faith has to come to terms with a promise and bank on that more than personal limitation and inability. Three, so faith begins with the promise work of God. Two, it makes a, an inward response. It isn't just copying someone else. There's an inward response of faith. Three, faith always responds externally now, not internally, externally to what God has promised. I know it risks stating the obvious here, but Noah didn't just have reverential fear. He built an ark. The text said he did it over a long period of time and in the face of all sorts of Ridicule and opposition. Faith always has to stand against ridicule and opposition. Always. Abraham didn't just agree with God. He got up and parted with his material possessions, left his homeland. Sarah, the text doesn't say, but I assume at some point she got the diapers ready, searched out garage sales and a crib and whatever else would go on. That's the point. Faith acts. There's an internal response first and then an external one it steps out it changes the way you live people see that faith and they know god must be behind it that's what it means in verse 7 where it says noah's faith condemned the world their own indifference was made obvious by noah's fear as he built the ark for last point This is so important to remember. Genuine faith, and I say genuine faith, enjoys some of the benefits of God's promise now, but not all of them. Maybe not even most of them. Noah, our text says, was an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. Verse 7. Abraham saw the promised land, enjoyed a measure of prosperity, but still lived as in a foreign land, verse 9. Sarah, she had a child to be sure, but never did live to see her descendants be as numerous as the grains of sand on the seashore, verse 12. And here, by the way, here's the conclusion of this point, that faith doesn't get all the benefits now. It's in Hebrews 11, 39 and 40, and all these though commended through their faith, not their lack of faith, they're commended through their faith, 
but they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. So faith, faith will always have to know how to wait. Faith isn't faith until it trusts in what it doesn't fully see. It's tied to hope. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Here we have no lasting city, 13.14. So in all of this, there are wondrous blessings that come to the faithful, to those who exercise faith, but not all of them are going to come. You're going to need to know that because there are people, misinformed, I suppose, sincere people, who will constantly come to you and tell you all the things you ought to be getting right now, and if you're not getting them, it's because you don't have enough faith. And, 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 and it's a cruel kind of theology. I would say rest on these, these four points. Genuine faith always begins with the promised work of God. Genuine faith always makes a radical inward response, embracing inwardly what God promised to do. Faith always acts externally to what God has promised. Faith leads to obedience. And four, faith enjoys many of the benefits of God's promise now, but not all of them. And that's the way faith works. Let's pray. Nothing matters more than the state of our hearts. We want to be filled with faith, trust in your promise, steadfast in opposition, steadfast in trying circumstances, always looking at your good word, your faithfulness, not judging you by isolated events. Keep our hearts. Holy Spirit, come. Keep our hearts through your word and increase our faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. See you Wednesday night. Love one another.